HR director recently told me that thought of taking ownership of employer branding feels a bit scary and daunting. They said that they feel unsure of what employer brand management entails and feel that it was it's kind of easier to just, you know, push the responsibilities or let the you know, let marketing and communication take over the responsibility because they don't feel comfortable with the idea. They don't really they don't really know what all that brings and what that responsibility means. And I have to say that this was news to me because all these years that I've been working, you know, I was an HR manager once, you know, in my career for, you know, many years. And uh, obviously for now over 12 years, I've been working with clients, you know, HR managers on the client side. And I've never heard anyone say this before. I don't know how widely HR directors and managers feel this or whether this HR director was just being very brave and brought it up. And it made me feel how many other HR leaders feel the same way, knowing in their hearts that employer branding does belong to HR, but you know, being afraid of claiming it because they feel uncertain about the whole concept, I'd really like to know because I can surely help if this is really the case. Because most often what I feel are, or most often what I hear are, you know, messages that I get from employer branding practitioners, not the HR leaders or the directors, the actual tactical level employer branding practitioners who uh, listen to this podcast, uh, who are our clients, who work with us, uh, who belong to my audience, and they tell me about the struggles that they have with the marketing practitioner colleagues. Who uh, And these employer brand practitioners feel like they understand what employer branding is and they feel that, you know, they should own it. And HR should own it, but they are not yet in the position where they have the, I guess, the authority to, you know, claim it from the marketing, from their marketing peers. Welcome to Building a Modern Employer Brand podcast with me, Susanna Rantanen. If you are new to this podcast, this podcast is for those who want to learn how to build a modern employer brand and master modern talent marketing in a world where your talent's attention is no longer a default. So this week's episode is dedicated to all of you HR directors, HR leads, HR managers who understand the importance of employer branding who know that your organization should be employer branding, but who feel in your hearts uncertain about the whole concept of employer branding and maybe even afraid of what, you know, taking the ownership of employer branding might mean to you. So I wanted to start 
with the definition of employer branding. To understand what employer branding is, we have to go back to the 90s when the term employer branding was invented. Uh, it was first coined by two Brits, Simon Barrow, who had been working in advertising a long time before what I would call his second career in HR, and uh, Tim Ambler, who was a senior fellow at London Business School at the time. So they defined employer branding in the Journal of Brand Management in 1996, so a long time ago. I started, uh, actually, 1996 is a significant year for me because I started my uh, university studies in England and I was studying marketing and PR. I started in, in 1996, the very same year uh, that employer branding term was defined in the Journal of Brand Management in England. I did not see that at the time. I had no idea what employer branding was at the time. I was just like a very fresh new marketing and PR student at the university. And I have to say that first year at the university, you kind of have a, um, it's not even your studies that you're concerned about. It's more like the after, after time, you know, the, the, the free time. But nevertheless, this is how uh, Ms. The Barrow and Ms. The Ampler defined employer branding. I'm going to read this for you. This is the direct uh, quote. We define the employer brand as the package of functional, economic, and psychological benefits provided by employment and identified with the employing company. The main role of the employer brand is to provide a coherent framework for management to simplify and focus priorities, increase productivity, and improve recruitment, retention, and commitment. Like good marketing, this is a fundamental approach to the way people are managed, listened to, and involved. It is a way of working that will last indefinitely. Barrow and Ampler intended the total act of employer branding to be a fundamental approach and a way of working in leading people. Where does this responsibility belong to? Well, they also said it belongs to human resources. Barrow and Ampler define employer brand as a comprehensive collection of value at benefits identified with a specific employing company. Value add benefits beyond compensation. Benefits that define the employment experienced in a specific organization. Not every employer on the street, but functional, economic, and psychological benefits that can be identified with a specific named employing company. Let's tap into these benefits. Economic benefits. I think these are the, uh, you know, the most obvious ones because these are compensation and other benefits that are worth money, either directly or indirectly, and are somehow value add beyond the normal market standards. What you, as the employee, might get in a similar role in a similar other organization as well. So value add means that they are beyond the market standards, they are more. Functional benefits. Well, how smooth the experience is 
of, uh, you know, doing one's job in this organization day to day? How has it been made or how is it being developed, this, this smoothness of, you know, going about your job from the tools one uses to how their role is defined, how their work is being set up, how they are being led by their leaders and managers from understanding what is expected of them as employees, you know, to, uh, you know, in terms of goals uh, and uh, what success looks like in the role to getting feedback of how they're actually meeting those expectations and in general, you know, being heard. What What is the process of being heard in the organization and, you know, uh, being informed in the organization and how to... Uh, you know, how collaboration functions within the organization between employees and management from peer to peer and be between functions and teams. How these functions that create that, you know, day-to-day -day employee experience, how are those being handled, managed, and developed? Those are functional benefits. Psychological benefits which I have interpreted as the emotional value of being part of, you know, what I call the tribe, you know, this group of people who believe in the same mission, who believe in the same values, who believe in the same way of doing work and want to use their competencies and their time and their effort, uh, who are driven to achieve those goals. How the emotional value being part of that tribe who share those common denominators, how, do, how does that deliver, um, you know, how does that make me feel and how, how does that add, what kind of value does that add to my professional status as a, and as a member of the society, you know, within the, the organization and outside the organization and how does this experience elevate me as a person? How does it make me more confident or self-assured? Uh, how does it make me believe in myself and in the good of others? How does it set me a compelling example of professional standards and values and goals and behavior that I can copy and share forward in my career? How, how does it make me feel? Now, these are the benefits, the functional, economic and psychological benefits that are identified with specifically with your organization, not every employer on the street, but with your organization, which make up the employee experience and the culture of, you know, working in your organization uh, and the benefits of being part of that organization. This is the comprehensive collection of valued benefits that define the employer brand. Furthermore, Barrow and Ambler defined who should own employer brand management. And this is what they said. We believe the human resource community needs this approach to provide clarity, the focus, and the internal platform that they need to pull together the plethora of activities that, that make up their responsibilities, those responsibilities that go into developing the overall employee experience, you know, from how the work is set up, what are the 
tools of the work, how people are being led, what is the culture, uh, what is the internal communication, how we give feedback, how we um, how we uh, uh, help our employees to grow professionally and as as human beings, how we you know want to make up make their life easier or better, uh, how we want to build for their future success and the, you know, towards the, how how do we want to contribute towards the life that they dream of? This is all the plethora of activities, you know, the HR processes and practices and so on that make up the responsibilities of the human resource communication uh, community. And Ambler and Barra say that they believe that human resource community needs this approach to provide clarity and focus. Now, they furthermore said, we have seen the emerging strength of HR people when they have grasped the concept of employer brand management, and it has provided them with the coherence and the zeal that marketing people have long demonstrated. The employer brand approach is a powerful one, but only when the sponsors are powerful and HR is able to match the pitch of this ball. If HR isn't able to match the pitch of this ball, others will step into this vacuum, such as talent manager, resourcing manager, and internal communication and marketing. In 1996, when Simon Barrow and Tim Ambler defined what employer branding is, they already foresee what is going to happen in 2020s when internal communication and marketing functions are are fighting with uh, HR about the ownership of employer branding. If internal communication and marketing were able to understand what employer brand management actually means, they would understand that this is not their role and responsibility. Human resource community owns employer brand management. The struggle that we are now witnessing between HR, employer branding practitioners, and their marketing communication peers is because HR community is timid about owning up to what simply cannot be managed by any other function in the organization but HR, and where employer branding has shrunken into occasional and random marketing campaigns and marketing collateral for recruitment purposes, which of course seems natural for marketing to take over and match with the company brand appeal. But that's not what employer branding is all about. It's just the surface of it. And employer branding is not has nothing to do really with recruitment marketing. The goals and the objectives for these two strategies are completely different. What this really translates into is a scenario where anyone who knows how to create marketing collateral and run marketing campaigns would take over a branding of a product they don't know much about or have very little to know inside, uh, have no experience or insight about the target audience, but just, you know, kick off and begin creating the marketing campaigns because they are ideas rich in general and they know how to set up a campaign. Marketing people out of everyone know very well that this is not how to do branding. Yet this is what employer branding looks like in many organizations right now. It is, it's been squeezed into occasional and random social media posts, 
recruitment marketing campaigns, and marketing collateral. Employer branding is far more extensive function than a recruitment campaign. The problem is, when we see employer branding just as a recruitment campaign, this is what talent acquisition needs because they need promotional material to help them get more applications. But employer branding is far more extensive domain than creating messages by communications or publishing external marketing collateral and social media posts. posts. The main role of the employer brand is to provide a coherent framework for management to simplify and focus priorities, increase productivity, and improve recruitment, retention, and commitment. Recruitment is just one part of it. Barrow and Amber already did not define employer branding as a marketing campaign. They defined employer branding as a management framework as a framework to help simplify and focus priorities. What needs to be done? What needs to be achieved? As much as what needs to be left out, what we are not going to do. And the purpose of employer branding in their definition is to focus on priorities that, one, help increase productivity, as in develop the ways of work, the leadership, competencies, skills of the employees in ways that increase productivity and decrease unnecessary work and hassle. Two, improve recruitment, as in improve the process of recruiting and the likelihood of getting the relevant and ideal applicants. Improves the, improve the process of recruiting in ways that creates better candidate experiences. Contributes to positive employer reputation. Converts the relevant talents to applicants and then processes the necessary selection steps swiftly to keep those relevant candidates engaged and committed to this uh, recruitment process until the decisions have been made about each of their future in this process. Improve recruitment to develop the selection process with the reasonable cost per hire and time to hire. Improve retention and commitment, number three. And this is what I call the development of the product behind the employer brand in which the ingredients to Uh, The improved retention and commitment are, of course, the meaning of work, the leadership culture, the actual values leaders are demonstrating and allowing others to demonstrate in the workplace through their decision making and behavior, uh, how the work is set out and how employees are instructed, guided, supported, trained, mentored, coached to work in more productive manners. The transparency between what the business tries to achieve how an individual is expected to and can allowed to contribute to the bigger whole and the feedback of how they are actually succeeding in it and the opportunities, the skills, the personal growth that they can experience that builds their professional market value and helps them to create the life they wish for. And these days, also the emotional safety and openness as well as, as, well as empathy at the workplace as the humankind has been both through so much emotional burden and turmoil for now more than a decade, as the world has been changing so rapidly. Are these the responsibilities of the marketing and communications department? Of course they're not. 
These are specifically what the human resource function is responsible for and specializes in. These are the product development and the sales function within human resources. Sales fun- with sales function, I refer to the recruitment function. Now, all the development of the workplace, the culture, the leadership, the people, you know, career opportunities, well-being, the processes of work, leading people, these all contribute to the employee experience and make up the abstract product that we call um, the employer brand for employment and career. And the recruitment part is then equivalent to sales function, you know, promoting and selling this abstract product the opportunity with the special features that are made up by the culture and the leadership and the value and the ways of work and the specific people who work in this organization, how they collaborate in between themselves, the skills that and competencies that this organization holds, uh, the processes and the opportunities and so on. So what is missing is the actual communication and marketing dedicated and targeted to the internal and external talent audiences. And these both, communication and marketing, have become increasingly critical ever since the world went haywire a little bit over a decade ago, when digitalization began, when all marketing became social with the side effects that we know of today. Then, you know, came the pandemic, and now we have a war also in Europe. So this communication This talent communication and marketing, or you can call it HR communication and marketing, these are different communication and marketing than what the communication and marketing is that we have been doing as a business, targeting our stakeholders and clients with our updates and news and promoting our goods and services. This is different kind of communication and marketing, even though the technical how to communicate, how to market could be the same. Then, you know, the messages are different. The audience is very different. Their needs are very different. And it concerns a very different experience than when we talk about stakeholders and customers. Being an employee in an organization is a very personal experience that impacts your entire life and the life of the people who are closest to you impacts your mental health, your emotional health, your future opportunities, your financial security, the opportunities that you have in the future, the kind of life that you can build for you and your family. The communication and marketing that we do to our stakeholders and other and our customers doesn't really get to this level, does it? This communication and marketing, HR communication and marketing, talent communication and marketing, this is targeted to the humans of the workplace. The humans at workplaces in your company or somewhere else. Humans who have dreams, goals, ambitions, but also lives and responsibilities and needs and obligations and limitations. Humans who try to find their way in this havoc of a world to build a life they wish for themselves and their families. Who try to navigate through the constant obstacles, changes, 
expectations, uncertainties, and fears this past decade has constantly thrown in front of us. Those humans are not just your employees and your job seekers. Those humans are you and your boss and your boss's boss and me. We are all those human, human beings trying to navigate in this very surreal world with constant changes and uncertainties looming behind the corner. Work is very different today than it used to be three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, or when I started my career in 2000. The role of employer branding has extended beyond this management framework to also a communication and marketing framework to make the what belongs in this management framework more transparent internally and more compelling externally. This part of employer branding is called employer brand marketing. And this act of employer brand marketing is necessary to clarify what makes your workplace so special someone should pay attention to it. What makes it so special someone should welcome the information you want to give to them about your workplace. Consider it and then commit to it. First as an applicant, then as a candidate, and then maybe later as an employee, or even before, just as a member of a random audience. What is so special that they would want to make a commitment to paying attention to you and committing to you over and over again until that audience relationship or employment relationship has run out of its course. Because unlike in life where death do us apart, in professional life, separating courses, you know, do us apart. And that's why we need to keep this hamster wheel ongoing at all times. Employee brand marketing and communication are different functions from recruitment marketing which is promotional marketing to close the deal, just like marketing to get sales is marketing to help close the deal. Your employer brand marketing and communication can and should be executed by people who are employer brand marketing and communication professionals. And this may not be you as the HR lead, but you cannot give away this ownership of employer branding outside HR because employer branding is the entire experience of what your organization represents to the talents your business needs today, tomorrow, and in years to come. And that surely is the responsibility of HR. I mean, what happened if product marketing started to make up stuff about the product? How would the users feel? Probably cheated, misled. How would salespeople feel? Probably marketing would put them on the spot having to explain to uh, customers what our marketing promised isn't actually true. It kind of sounded fun, but it really isn't what this product is about. Or if sales would still talk the same fake message, customer service would go nuts dealing with the customer claims afterwards, where the marketing illusions and the sales pitches didn't meet the real experience. Also, what happened if product marketing didn't have any knowledge or insight who they need to target the marketing to or what is it in the product that their message should focus on? What if they just decided from the top of their heads, let's say this today and let's post a cat photo tomorrow because that sure would be cute. 
even though they would have no idea if cats have had any relevance and connection to that product. But hey, cats are cute. And imagine this. You're marketing posting fiction about your workplace that made your employees cringe and definitely would make them not want to promote such fictional promises. Or you dealing with your managers because their team members came to you with dissatisfaction how the company is being portrayed by marketing. There are countless of examples that you, as the HR director and manager, can recognize that can be actually taken away or helped tremendously with employer brand communication and marketing, but not just any kind of employer brand communication and marketing. With the kind of messages that actually help achieve what Barrow and Ambler intended, help simplify and focus priorities, increase productivity, and improve recruitment, retention, and commitment. As the HR lead, you really need to know employer branding is not a marketing campaign. It is the marathon pursuit of a brand that resonates in the people your business needs and who need you, who need to find and choose your business because your workplace is likely to be the kind of workplace that they need, that they, you know, they can commit to that helps them to create the life that they dream of. Communication and marketing are definitely needed to help clarify those messages and inspire and engage through content to make irrelevant people find your company and learn more about it and become compelled about it a long time before they want to make career moves. Clarify and inspire your employees to fight for your mission and what you believe in as an organization when the times are rough so that they can also enjoy the fruits of the labor when, you know, times are better and those fruits of labor are delivered. No one buys ideas or anything of more importance anymore immediately, you know, just after they see one ad. When we talk about employer branding, only HR can decide what those messages need to be. Only HR knows the audience inside and outside. And only HR can own this framework for employer branding because the marketing layer is only the surface layer. It is the most visible layer. It ha- it's the layer of a lot of power and impact. Because if you do mistakes there, it can severely tarnish the layers underneath the employee experiences, reputation, and credibility. But your marketing and communications functions do not have the intel, the experience, the insight and the knowledge to own employer branding and make decisions about it. They can, however, be an absolutely fantastic partner in delivering the message and helping you to, you know, to make decisions how to make the most of the modern marketing tools and resources that they know very well. But that's really all they can and should do and should be expected to do unless they are the experts of talent and employer branding. The next question, of course, is do you as the HR lead feel confident about employer branding or do you feel like you need some support, maybe education in grasping what this responsibility is that has 
so many responsibilities that are very familiar to you, but maybe set in set out in a new context, a new framework that meets the expectations of where we as employers need to be in 2022 and beyond. Do you feel that you are confident about employer branding in 2022 and beyond? Because if you feel like you could do with some education, let me know. Because if there is a big enough a group of interested HR managers, directors, and leads looking for a peer group tackling this very same issue and with the same uncertainties, I'm definitely interested in coming up with the program to help you reclaim uh, employer branding to HR. And the easiest way for you to let me know is to go to modernemployerbrand.com to my website. And when you land on this website, you can find a button with the text, I'm HR. Get me out of here. I'm HR. Get me out of here. A button like that. When you land to modernemployerbrand.com, click on that and it'll ask you to leave me your contact details. And this is just for me to build up a list of people who are interested in, in this kind of a program and a support group. And if there are enough people, you know, interested uh, and it makes sense for me to build a program like this, uh, then, you know, we can proceed. And I'm going to keep the button there uh, for a little while for you to give you and your peers an opportunity to see it and act on it. And then I'll let you know what could happen next and when. And I will also let you know if it looks like that this isn't a thing for you guys. No one else is really interested. And uh, it was just one person in my audience who brought this up and felt like this, which would make me really happy if this was the case. But because it really surprised me and I'd never heard, nobody ever brought this up before. Um, as a former HR manager myself, I really empathized with the, this person and thought like, well, heck, if there are a lot of other people who are, you know, thinking this and feeling this, but not wanting to admit it, uh, then I can certainly help. So, and if there's just one person, you know, or two, then I will talk to you individually and see how I might be helped to, how I might be able to help you just, you know, person to person instead of creating a whole program for it. So what I need you to do is, if this is something that resonates with you, go to modernemployerbrand.com. And when you land on this site, you can find a button with the text, I'm HR, get me out of here that you click on that and just follow the instructions, leave your contact details. So I'm only going to ask your name, email, and the name of the company that you work for so that I can get a little bit context of the industry and the size and so on. And I'll keep these details just for myself. I won't share them with anyone outside my team and, you know, probably not my team either, but we'll see if I need their help. Alrighty, folks, this is it for this week. What an important topic. Come back next week to learn more about how to build a modern employer brand and adapt to these changes that are making, making more and more difficult for us in our work, in our professions to, you know, to, to retain our people, to convert our audiences into our uh, employer brand and other talent marketing value. My name is Susanna Rantanen and uh, I'm your modern employer branding coach and uh, guide. Moi moi.